welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? That's going pretty good, Garrett. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. That is so good to hear. I am so happy that you're happy. I'm happy that Matt's happy. We're mm, all happy. This is going to be a happy, happy. show. Uh, we're, we're actually going to name the show after Garrett today because we're going to do Ooh. the Dynasty Price Check. What's your Twitter handle? At Dynasty Price. Well, that is so original. I don't know where you got <laughs> Who it. Who came fantastic. up with that? I don't know. People say I, I'm, I'm way too narcissistic, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, so, so today we're going to do a dynasty price check ADP price check. Now, Garrett's going to give us some players, and he players that kind of intrigued him when he was going through some ADP courtesy of DLF, um, and kind of see what they have going on over there and check out their ADP. And then he's just, hey guys, do you think this is cool? Do you think it's not cool? Am I cool? Well, I know I'm cool. Uh, it's the coolest. <laughs> so we're peeing your pants is cool. So, Call me Miles Davis. Yes, that's what we're going to do, Miles. We're <laughs> going to sit back and we're going to have a little casual conversation about Dynasty Fantasy Football and some players uh, and what we think of them. Some of them might be redundant. Some of them might not be. And there's no news and notes today. Anything happened this past week? I think Terrell Pryor, he signed with the Jags. I, I don't, I'd don't. i be surprised if he made it out uh, of camp. A Jag yeah. signed with the Jag? Yeah. Wow, what do you know? I mean, even if he does Atlanta's make the team, so I wouldn't expect that. him to stay healthy for very long, so... But that's, I think, the the biggest news and notes type of thing. A lot of things there. Signs with the Jags, TP, toilet paper, doo-doo butter. A lot <laughs> going on around there. There was a lot of jokes that you missed on, I feel like. I, I just, just nailed kinda, all of them in a row. You just let them all go. Yeah, I was just, I was just like the freaking dominoes right there. Just knocked them all. <laughs> TP, Jags, yeah, buttholes. That's on my, that's on my repertoire, right? <laughs> you nailed it, yeah. Yeah, there we go. So... My, I, mean, I stand corrected. Like ADP is a wise. We've talked about this already about the Jacksonville like Jaguars like receiving core. Like who do you like? Who do you want? Who do you? Where's Marquise Lee playing? I mean, yeah, he's gonna land in the slot, don't you think? Is he in Jacksonville still? He's still there. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I literally don't even know where it's because he, he was injured all last year. Oh, I thought he was wearing like a white and red oh. shirt, stripes, carrying a cane around with a little beanie on top. I had no idea what was going on with him. Where is where's Waldo? Is that Waldo? That's what yeah. That was. Is that what yeah. you're trying to describe for the listeners? Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd lay it out there because the beanie and the cane, or whatever, that was a little yeah. confusing. But he has a little cane and a beanie. Does he? Have, does I don't he have think the it's, a, it's a walking cane. I don't so, think. I'm sorry. A stick. He? A walking stick. He has does a he walking have a stick? stick. Is that? Yeah. Is that true? I feel like I'm going to Google that because you guys I, Google that. Waddle has a walking stick. Yes, he's he's a traveler. He's a well traveled man. He's been everywhere. Okay, I didn't know that. All right, well, yeah. call him. Let's put him on a trench coat and Cardinal call him Carmen San Diego. Where is he at too? <laughs> I mean, where else can we go back to? You see, see it? I see plenty of pictures of Waldo, and yes, there is one with a stick. One, uh, well, one. okay. <laughs> one. Wow, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. All the rest of them. Um, no, there's two There's two pictures oh, wow. of a stick. <laughs> Do you mean every picture you see? And there's a third one. Okay, it's starting Dang to trend it. in that direction. So. Cane, walking stick, whatever. When I'm old, I have a cane, and I'm like, oh, this is walking stick, it's sonny. It's a walking stick. How dare you? <laughs> Waldo had it. Age it cool. discrimination. <laughs> so let's get into some of these players, shall we? Um Give us give us a guy on the list here, and let's uh, get into the gear that kind of like surprise you enough to say, "Hey, I'm gonna do a podcast on it." Whole show. All right, so I think this is probably one of the most talked about. 
players at their ADP. So I'm very excited to see what you guys have to think about this guy. Todd Gurley, 10 overall for his ADP, which would be running back five. Too high, too low, you buying, you selling. What are you guys thinking? So his ADP is 10 overall? 10 overall. Ooh, it's a little high for me. That's just a little high for you, huh? Not okay. Not saying that he can't be valued there, but tell how the hell is anybody going to take a running back with their knee is biggest question mark right now in the dynasty world. Now this is coming from that we just literally were talking like how he's a good buy right now sure. value wise, and I just did in my uh, the last nerd standing draft. I got him in. Uh, I got him at like two, same thing. I took Michael Thomas at eight, and it came back around. I got Gurley in the second, kind of like almost exactly what we talked about the previous show, right? But to me. At 10 overall, that's risky business, all right? And you're not Tom Cruise, and you're not wearing just a shirt and sunglasses and socks. So we got to stay away from that because your knee, that knee, say, here's why it's a good buy, first of all, not at ADP-wise, where I think I want to talk about this anyways, like Todd Gurley's buy, because say that knee gives him two to three years left, right? Hashtag two to three-year window. Every running back essentially besides the outliers or the elite of the elite come with that hashtag hashtag two to three year window. We've been talking about it literally for five years on this podcast where if you can get two to three really good years out of a running back, that's enough. Like the, you should not expect more from that. If, if you look at the overall history of running back once, right? It's a, just a very fluid list, different names on there consistently. When you look at the list of top wide receiver ones, it's a pretty steady flow of those receivers, and they trickle in at the end there of the bottom ones. But the running back list changed way too much for you to ever be in love with the running back and be attached to that running back. So for me, with Gurley, with the knee, which is a concern, it's going to be a concern, and it's going to shorten his career. We might as well face that. That's, it's not a fact, but we could pretty much start etching in stone. It's it's trending that direction for right. sure. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. So he's only 24, right? He's still super young. So say he's going to he end his career at 27. That's three more years of Todd Gurley, who's an elite running back. You're telling me you're not going to give up a 2020 first for a rookie that you have no idea what he's going to do because we love the class? I mean, every rookie that comes in here could be a bust. I mean, Trent Richardson was the darling of the world, right? And he went number three overall to the Browns to trade up for him, and he did nothing. So no, no, no players guaranteed. Todd Gurley in that offense, when he's on the field, is a pretty much guarantee that yeah. he's going to produce for you in the receiving game and in the rushing game. So right now, for what he's going for in the trade market, I love. Tenth overall in a startup draft to build your whole franchise around at a volatile position when I could literally just draft uh, you know, Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders later. Not saying they're Todd Gurley, but at least get that longevity of a player and get a right. Even coming back, like you're telling me you wouldn't rather grab like a Michael Thomas and come back and get Dalvin Cook than have yeah. uh, a Todd Gurley and say – well, Stefan, I'd like that too, though. Actually, it'd be interesting to see because this is this is the May ADP. So I wonder with the news if if that's trending. I'm I'm sure it's trending down. Oh, it's for sure trending. So down. It, that even seemed higher than I expected it to be. See, that's 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 the thing, though. I bet that's wrong. I was going to say that by, because by now because it probably because this, this actually you know it actually lines Put, up with my tweet rankings. at Ryan McDowell's for uh, uh, give me June. Sorry, man, to interrupt you even though I do it every single show. Um, <laughs> do it. Uh, tweet at Ryan McDowell right now. See if we can answer back. Hey, Ryan, just wondering if you can give me uh, Todd Gurley's ADP for June, if you have it. Just okay. see. Just see if we can get this. See, see if we can get live updates from Ryan. There we go. Right. 
Matt, continue on your fabulous take. I don't know. I mean. You always forget. So he, he lines up perfectly with my with my ranking of him. I have him ranked at number 10. I honestly, I, I, I hear what you're saying about it being risky business, but I, I do think the juice is probably worth the squeeze there at number 10. I have him ranked at 11. You have him ranked at 11. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't have him that far off either. But I feel like now, in all this hindsight, like I have Juju at 13. Like now if I was doing it. That's so, the thing I'm worried a little bit about Juju too. I'm like, uh, so on a fantasy on a fantasy points per game basis. Oh, he's a monster. Where do you think he landed? Oh, number one. Number one, twenty six point five eight per game. I mean, that is that's ridiculous. And no, it, it's really gross. And if and if sure, he might miss a game or two here here and there for like maintenance type of things. But when he's there, he he's a huge difference maker. And if and if you get two or three more years out of out of him at that level to me that's worth it the only thing we have to okay so here's and that's we, why it's going that high I but mean, if we have to worry about it they for the okay so the maintenance thing like you said right if you have to worry about the maintenance thing it's going to be towards the end of the year as they get ready for the playoffs which they're probably gonna be a continual you know habitual playoff team well <laughs> that time of the year is our fantasy playoffs and championship games just like this year where he was no he was no go right and some games where it was even worse, where he played and he only played like a series and he was out. So you were forced to start him. So like he almost hurt you. So you, if you own him, you have to go into it knowing that you have to have other options late in the season. Like you have to. But if he's good enough to get you there and get you the one seed, that's worth the investment all by itself. It's it is a very tricky situation because of that because the most likely time would be when you really need him most. So yeah, and that's and that's. So it's one of those things where he's a priority to handcuffs. You know what I mean? Get the guy who who, who you think is going to be the the best backup. I mean, we've talked about Malcolm Brown quite a bit. I mean, they gave him a, they gave him a def- decent chunk of change there to to stick around. There's a report that came out today. I don't know if you guys saw it that about like uh, Sean McVay uh-huh. thought Daryl Henderson was the most explosive player in this draft, and that the Rams lo- capital letters now love Daryl Henderson. Well, there you go. So maybe maybe that's trending in that direction, and and they're gonna you know really scheme to get him into some wide open spaces. You know, he's one of those guys that if he gets a crease, he can go anytime. So it's one of those things where I would prioritize handcuffing, and because he might not be there late in the season, and you want to have at least somebody in your lineup. Are you getting, are you getting both handcuffs? Are you getting Brown and Henderson? No, Henderson's not worth. One, that's just too it's much. Tricky. Handcuffing. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's a lot of depth in your running back slot. Yeah. You know. At a fluid situation, it's. I'm just if I'm I'm approaching. It so which one are you picking, Henderson? Then oh, I would take Henderson, Henderson. over Malcolm Brown long term. Yeah, because they're not going to long term Malcolm yeah, Brown. But. Yeah, they just drafted Henderson. They have him for four years. <clears throat> Malcolm Brown deuces. You mm-hmm. know, doesn't matter how good he does. They, they they hope he does a little well so they can get a comp pick for him. Probably personally, um, but as a girly owner, I'm not selling him because. It's a terrible time to do it. Terrible time. Maybe a low point. I've told everybody that wanted to sell Gurley. Just wait. I was like, wait till in season. Like you met twenty six points per game. Wait, wait till week four when he's the number one overall running back, and then sell. If you're if you're looking to get out, that's the time to sell. Not now. I've seen a lot of like trades go down through on social media involving Gurley, and everyone I see, I'm like, man, I would take Gurley there. Yeah. Oh man, like people just getting like people are just so worried that they're frantically just giving away for like you know. Uh, give me Karrion Johnson in 2021. Okay, I love Karrion Johnson. I love 2021. But yeah, give me give me Todd Gurley like in a landslide there. No, it's, so it's he's a tricky player. He's right very now. tricky. Yep. But I still think he's a buy. You know what I mean? Like he's still for what he's going. Like if you can get Todd Gurley for 
Kerry Johnson 2021st, and you could ride him for the next three years. That's a great investment for your dynasty team. Again, we're trying to win championships here. Todd Gurley's going to be in a re- the best position to do so. Yep. So the answer to the question here, Matt, for me, 10 overall, there's no way I'm taking Todd Gurley in the first round at all. Uh, and But to be fair, I'm not taking almost any running back in the first round. Now, you like him at 10 overall. I, I do. We have him. Yep. yep. Okay. And Garrett, so you brought this to attention. What do you think? Where do you like him here? So, 10's a little high to me. Um, I just got an update. Uh, somebody actually screenshotted something from Ryan. So, uh, Todd Gurley now in June is now, he has now slipped into round two. So, he's 13th overall. I mean, that's much more palatable, obviously. So, he would be the first pick of the second round. Yeah. And it, so, you're at the turn and you're taking your receiver or, you know, Kittle right. or something like that. And then you're taking Gurley. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, you're looking at Juju and Gurley or something like that. And that makes sense because, like, in my rankings wise, when you come back around that, like, you know, you get to 12, 24. So you look at like that 36 when you get back, you're looking at guys that like Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle, Leonard Fournette in my rankings. And then Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. See me at the turn there. Like I would love to rather just come away with like Kittle and a receiver yeah. or two, a double dose of two receivers. Like I'd feel better about it coming away. Like if I got Stefan Diggs and Juju Smith, like mm-hmm. I'd feel really good about that. And then I come back away at the turn and then maybe I'm looking at, uh, a tight end, see what tight ends available there for me. If not, I'll go even younger with the Evan Ingram's the following round. But then if I do look at running back, I'm looking at, okay, I'll double down. I'll take Sony Michelle and Josh Jacobs here, or Sony Michelle and Miles Sanders here. Now I have two stud running back receivers in Stefan Diggs and Juju, two prime receivers, both really young. And then I'm coming back and even getting two really young running backs. That's how I would feel about it personally. Um, next player on your list. Okay. Let's go to a wide receiver now. Let's get a price check on Alshon Jeffrey. His May ADP was 86th overall. So that's wide receiver 39. Uh, If it's helpful here, let me update this. I will give you a couple players around that same area. Wait, what's his ADP? 86. I have him ranked at 89. Okay, so that's pretty dang close. Mm -hmm. Um. So some of the wide receivers that are going around the same uh, area as him, uh, Sterling Shepard is one spot before him. Uh, Julian Edelman's two receivers ahead of him. Christian Kirk's ahead of him. Uh, right directly behind him, Keem Butler, Paris Campbell, and Debo Samuel. Uh, so I, would, I would take all three of those rookies ahead of him in a, by a couple rounds. So would I. I would take Sterling Shepard by a couple rounds ahead of him. Here's the thing. Can I go first? Go ahead. Since I always do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have him ranked 102nd. I got it. I got it, got it out. And I like if I had to go one way or another, I'd go your way, yeah. Matt. You know what I mean? Like, because Alshon's 29 years old, and he's on an offense where they already just drafted his replacement in JJ Arcega Whiteside. They have Nelson Aguilar there this year. They have two awesome tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. There's a lot of balls to go around as it is already there in. They're allowed miles to feed with only one ball is the what you're the the word you're looking for the phrase you're looking for sure there. thing pervy McGurvy. Um, <laughs> so for me a 29 year old receiver who is not young you know it's kind of this get entered like it's prime kind of years here mm-hmm. been banged up here and there he's been, he's been banged up he came into the league a little overweight and stuff like that and with like issues with the, with those kind of things I I honestly don't think that Alshon Jeffries is going to be one of these guys that's 
playing into his mid thirties. I think this is going to be it for him. In like the next he's the one years. that ends like in the th- like early thirty. He's that kind of receiver where he he's not based off. He's not a speed receiver. No. Uh, so to me, that's almost about right because that's where I have him ranked. You know, you have him one hundred and two, which isn't too far. You're, no. you're one round lower on him. But like again, when you're doing dynasty startup, that's where a guy like Alshon's going to go. Right, you're not going to invest in a 29 year old receiver. Where we don't know he's going to be playing in two years or a year. The, the, with all those mouths to feed, you know, wh- what are you looking at for him to be the number one? He's been the number one with not as many mouths to feed, and he hasn't really been produced at a high level. And now they're bringing our Sega Whiteside. Obviously, Al Galore probably won't be there much longer after that. They bring in Deshaun Jackson. We didn't even mentioned him. Right. They signed him to a longer, you know, three year deal. Both those tight ends are again. I think those are great. Fo- to me, those are the best at weapons on offense. They're personally the two both tight ends, Goddard so and good. Ertz. And then you add, add Miles Sanders, who's a pass catcher running back. Yeah, I mean, sorry, Alshon. To me, I feel like eighty nine is right about right. And if anything, like I'm with Matt. Like I'd be okay just waiting a little bit longer because if you go off of your ADP, those are my rankings. You're taking Alshon. I don't know how the ADP ADP is crazy because if you're taking Alshon ahead of Paris <laughs> Campbell, crazy ADP, Debo Samuel. I mean, it's like saying, okay, I think Alshon's like, hey, what do you want for Alshon? I'll give you one six. No, dude, uh, no, <laughs> no way. I'm keeping no, it. That's not enough, that, right? I mean, right. it's the same. I have Debo Samuel as my fifth overall rookie. You know, right around there, right for Hawkinson. So right. fifth, right around six. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if I have Alshon Jeffrey and someone comes to me, I don't care if I'm a contender, right? And I'm, I have, I want it, I want it three years in a row. Somebody's like, I'll give you one six for Alshon. I'm like, well, what else do I have to give you? <laughs> Seri- no, seriously. I mean, I know that you're trying to be like facetious over there, but that's ridiculous. Oh, I mean, no. That'd be my first thought in my head. Like, what else does he want? Is, yeah. he, there's, is he, I look in his eyes like, are you high? Like, but of the ADP, people are obviously drafting right. him that way. It's like, dude. I think it's more people dislike, not disliking, but ranking Debo lower because I've seen him go in the cup in the second round of a couple rookie drafts. So it's, I think it's more. The haters on Debo than oh, anything. I, I love that Debo's dra- like I was on a, so nice. I did a fancy pros podcast today, and they're like, "Oh, Dante Pettis is way better than Debo Samuel." I'm like, "Well, it says you. I disagree." Yeah, like I think you know, Dante Pettis goes down, gets tackled really easily, and then Debo Samuel's like a running back. Like, what's where's who do you who can put the ball? Whose ball? Like, why do you think Kittle succeeds so much there? Like, oh, he was so yak. good after the catch. Right. You know, that's Debo. Pettis isn't that. Pettis is a nice deep threat, but like he's slim. He in college he got tackled very very easily. Like what? He's a very slender frame. Yeah, like yeah. So to me, here. like I I love that offense, and I like, like I don't hate Pettis, but like I don't value him anywhere as near as everybody else does. I think I think Pettis eventually is like the wide receiver three on a team when they eventually get another big weapon target for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I mean they have heard. I mean where the heck wherever the heck they play him and if he develops. Yeah, that's kind of a that's a nice interesting player. To, you can move around anywhere too. Maybe they'll be like two tight end sets with the guy like her. He, yeah, they've talked about it. Yep, they definitely. So, have. what made you pick Alshon Garrett? Like, so, like what made you go? Oh, that's kind of a shocker because like he falls right in line. With, like if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, that's about right. So the reason I picked Alshon is it's I think he's interesting for uh, kind of like the episode we talked about last week the the win now people because as of right now he's still the wide receiver one in that offense and as we we've said the Philadelphia Eagles are a very good good football team and expect them to put up a lot of points so. Uh, obviously, as a our Sega Whiteside truther, I see the writing on the wall for him, and I see him not being as relevant after this season. Uh, but I still think he's a valuable play for this season. So it was kind of how much do people value him helping 
their team this year versus he's probably not going to do much else at least in Philly after the season. Right. No, so. and and he's he is valuable. He he scores, you know, four, he averaged 14.25 points per game last year. So I mean, that's <laughs> That's a really nice piece. To He's just definitely not garbage. To, to, no, plug, to plug no. into your starting lineup, but uh, I've never been like the hugest Alshon Jeffrey fan. I've had him on my teams, and I gave him. You know, I I, I, traded, I gave you a first form. Two exactly, years ago. I traded. I traded him away. So it's just one of those guys where I always kind of saw a short window. He was a guy like I already mentioned came into the league with kind of a weight issue and and, and conditioning issue. I think he got past that, but I, I still don't see a a really big time. Um, a big time ceiling for him going forward. I think this is this is he's moving towards the end of his career. I should have brought this on Gurley too, but so I'm gonna you know obviously being a member of the Nerd Herd with our rankings, you know our rankings aren't just rankings. If you click on the player's name, it gives you that player's profile. It gives you their age, their height, their weight. It gives you it tracks their rankings throughout history. So now obviously we just lost launched the the new ranking system last month. So mm-hmm. that history is gonna start from last month, but you'll be able to follow that player's ranking throughout his entire career and how we had him ranked. Um, but also on there, we have our buy sell tool now, which essentially we have all our writers, about 20 of us. We rate a player, you know, is he a sell a cut kind of guy, a guy you could pretty much just get rid of or try to sell. Is he a value sell? Which means we feel like his, his sell value we can get in return is worth more than the player itself. Um, is he a hold? Is he a buy or is he a must own? I bring up Alshon Jeffries buy sell rating and it's actually only two dimensional here. It looks like it's about seventy five percent hold, with only about a you know seventy percent hold and about thirty percent as a value sell, which is interesting to me a little bit. Here is how our, our staff sees it overall. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're a nerd herd member, if you want to see every single player's how we value them, just click on that player's name and their buy sell rating will pop up for you here. Um, we're gonna make all this stuff a lot prettier and add more to this too, but it's a nice tool to have. So it's interesting our staff sees them more as a whole too. Where probably, which is right with the ADP of 89, the return you're going to get for Alshon isn't probably, you're just better off riding him out into the sunset. Like right. Matt said, he's averaging 14 points per game. He's going to help your team. Nobody's going to give you that first 1 6 for him. I can see Alshon being more of a package deal, like, yeah. you know, fluffer right. kind of guy. Like, hey, dude, he's averaging 14 points per game. He's in Philly. It's a good offense. You know, he's the number one receiver or, there. Or keep him as a nice short term piece yeah. that's going to be able to, you're going to be able to plug and, and, you know, expect to get around 14 points a game. For for a championship caliber team, if you're rocking Alshon as your wide receiver three, oh, that's yeah. a championship caliber team. Right. You're right. You well. know, yep. like I have Alshon as my wide receiver three, the league I traded for him mm-hmm. for you. You know, I have. DeAndre Hopkins. I have other, you know, I have good receivers. So Alshon's my number three right. in that offense, and that's that's the kind of player you want as a wide receiver three. Alshon kind of fits that mold as a, a player when you are cha- championship caliber team. And again, we mentioned quarterbacks. How you can kind of re- stream quarterbacks throughout the years by mm-hmm. trading for the older ones. Alshon's like that one puzzle piece you can get for pretty cheap. You yeah. know, probably more not for a draft pick, but like. A player, like an, sure. an equal value player. So I don't want to mean cheap, like he's free, but no, like a la like a Michael Crabtree from like two or three years ago. Like he, that guy just seemed to move around all over sure. the place, and he and he all he did was kind of just produce, and, and and he would put up really good numbers in your wide receiver three slot, and you were happy with it. He's if, kind of, if you were contending, yeah, he's the kind of player you can get for like a quarterback. Like if you have other quarterbacks, right. and you have like a Philip Rivers, you know, <laughs> another guy who's older in age. They both got about the same time left, and you say you have. Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield and Phillip Rivers. Like you don't need them, but you need to use a receiver. This other team needs a quarterback, and they don't really need Alsh. Uh, that kind of like flip, right. That you know, kind of deal. Those yep. lines. Who's the next player on the list? 
So we're going to look at another receiver for our price check. We're going to look at Cleveland's own Jarvis Landry. Ooh. He is currently uh, at an ADP, uh, well, in May anyway, ADP of 56, wide receiver 27. I have him ranked as my 30th overall player, by the way. Your 30th? Yeah. Wow. Because I think he's completely undervalued. I think all of a sudden, I think because last year he finally dipped under the, those reception marks and they bring in Odell Beckham and they think that's going to hurt him. He's only 26 years old. This guy is a guy who's consistently caught a ton of footballs and has played very well in the National Football League. He's going back to – last year, He they moved him to the outside, and he was their number one weapon offense with no other weapons really to throw the ball to. I mean, he had Richard Higgins. Right. You had Antonio Callaway, who's a rookie who didn't play football the year before. David Njoku coming into his second year, who came into the league really raw, who definitely needed those three years yep. to get a little bit better. Don't forget about the homeless predator. Uh, and homeless predator. Don't forget about him. <laughs> Streaking down the sideline. So people are just like, again, what have you done for me lately? You know, two years ago, Jarvis Landry is wide receiver number five overall, four, five, six, right around there Something overall. Like that. He's going back to the slot with Odell Beckham taking all the targets with him. If Antonio Callaway starts on the other side, that's another nice weapon. You have a good receiving back out of the backfield and Duke Johnson and you have Nick Chubb back there. Another weapon, David Njoku. There's a lot of different ways now you got to look. Now, Jarvis Landry is no longer even close to the focal point of those defenses. I think you meant to say coverage before. You said all the targets. You meant to say coverage. he's taking all the coverage with yeah. him, correct? So, for me, Jarvis Landry, the 26-year-old Pro Bowl receiver, going into the second year of an offense with a very, very accurate quarterback that knows how to distribute it. It's not going to play favorites with Odell Beckham. He's going to give it to the open guy. I have a feeling Jarvis Landry is going to be open a lot yep. this year. And I think he's going to give it right back to that pretty close to those 90 catches for about 1,000 yards receiving and get right back up to that high-end wide receiver too. And for some reason, with that Odell Beckham news, everybody just poo-poo plattered all over Jarvis Landry. He's still a 26-year-old who's not even entered his prime repeat pro bowler, was a pro bowler last year, wide receiver on a high High score, we don't know yet, but what's going to be one of the top offenses on paper in the NFL. Okay, if we're going to sit here and get enamored with, you know, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Woods, and then all of a sudden we're going to look at Cleveland and say, oh, well, it's just Odell Beckham, and we can't say Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Callaway, that's silly to me. It's absolutely silly. It's it, I don't get it. I'm, with this ADP, I'm all over Jarvis Landry. In my rankings, I have a number 30 overall because that's what he is. He's a tar- he's a young, not entering his prime wide receiver on a fantastic offense that's on a nice long-term contract where even though he's making $16 million, which was a lot when he signed him, with this new CBA coming and everything else coming along those lines, that $16 million a year for a high-caliber receiver is going to look more like an average number uh, in two, three years from now. So there's no reason the Browns will cut. Jarvis Landry to make room for anywhere else because you have, again, Callaway on a rookie contract too that's going to outlast the entire Landry contract. So for me, we're looking at Jarvis Landry for the next three years, which will get him to right about the 29-year 29 29 uh, age. Mm-hmm. I don't want the, on paper, best offenses in the NFL with a fantastic quarterback that's going to distribute the ball with him going back to his natural position in the slot where he's dominated. Yep. Every single year he caught 90 footballs. Every single year. And people are just sleeping on him like he's nothing. To me, Jarvis Landry right now could be had with that ADP. And you could be, he'd be had like he's a wide receiver three, and you'd be buying a high-end wide receiver two. I am all over Jarvis Landry. Get him on every dynasty team that I possibly can for that price range. You know, it goes back to 2021st, right? 
value. Oh, 2021st, 21st, 2021st. If you're a contender and you're a championship caliber team and you can get Jarvis Landry for your 2021st oh, straight up, dream. that's stealing. Now, maybe that's not enough, you know, because some owners, but with that ADP, that's screaming to me a little bit. It's pretty close to enough. What receiver was he overall? 27. Overall. Overall. Yeah, so you're valuing He's valued as a wide as receiver. As a wide receiver three. three. Yeah, get out of here with that talk, Matt. I think it's kind of appropriate, to be honest, man. I know that you just went on a big, long spiel. But, I mean, if you look at his fantasy points per game from last year, it was it was wide receiver 27. I think he's landing kind of where he deserves to be, to be honest. I know that you just went on this big, long thing. And- so you're just flipping this because what he did last year, that's it. That's what he is now going forward. He is, that's it. He his yardage total didn't dip that much. He he just lost he just lost receptions from the year before because he's he's playing on the outside. It just wasn't his it wasn't his bag, baby. No, I get it. He had he had thirty less receptions. You think he's going to get thirty more receptions and 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 maintain that yardage and get right back to where he was at? I'm, I, I just, think he's getting closer to the eight, the eight between eighty something receptions. Yeah, I think he's being eighty. He had eighty last year. He had eighty one last year. Eighty one. Eighty one for nine hundred seventy six right. yards. So it's not like he had like a down, like a really, really down year. He just had, a, he had 112 for 987 the year before. So it's, his yardage total didn't change that much. He just had fewer receptions. So I'm, I'm just not sure how much more you can squeeze out of him, especially with all these other, all these other weapons that we're talking about. I mean, don't forget that, you know, Kareem Hunt is going to be in there. He's going to be catching past the second half of the year. You know they do have Callaway. They 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 have obviously Odell Beckham is the biggest the, the biggest addition. I th- I think it's an appropriate spot for him. Yeah, see, I think it's too low. I think he's high end. I think he's a high end wide receiver two. I like him, I, I like Jarvis. A high end wide yeah. receiver three that range right around there around twenty seven. And to me, he's better than that. I mean, yeah, on a reception basis. I I feel like normally Matt and I agree on a lot of these things, but I'm actually with you on this one, Rich. Um, I think that. I think that his value is is much better. He will be a much more productive player because of Odell Be- Odo Beckham's presence. He he'll be more comfortable. He'll get weaker coverage. He's not. He was facing the number one corner on most of the teams. He's not going to get that type of coverage. At a position now, that he's not comfortable. That playing. he's not as they, comfortable. That's playing. not built at all for his skill set. And let's remember the first half of the season was not Freddie Kitchen's offense too. Now he didn't necessarily play that much better in the second half than the first half. But I think we saw Baker's maturation in the second half become, and he was much more accurate throwing the football. I think he jumped like ten percentage points in the second half of the season from the first half. So I expect him to be more productive with his passes against easier, easier coverage. So I would say, I don't know that I would go quite to 30, but I would probably be more in like the 40, 45 uh, overall ADP range. It's a little bump. Yeah. And, and and that's fair too. And even on our buy sell rating here between our staff, it's like, it's pretty much 40% hold 40% buy and then like 20% sell. So it's, so yeah, it's, it's pretty close. People are like, oh, I'm just going to hold them. Some people are buying, some people agree like they're buying them. And some people are trying to sell, which is at that price range. I don't know how you. I don't think. think he's I don't a think sell. it's sell. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, think. I think. That, I think that's worth a toe dipped in the water to see what you know what you're feeling because obviously from our staff point, it's a it's a three dimensional bag here. And the DLF ADP, he's pretty dropped low there. Again, it's a 26 year old receiver, man. That's going to co- contribute to your team for a little while. I mean, he's, I mean, that's only like the fifth round, right, of, of a startup draft. It's not like it's it's not like he's fallen way down. Yeah, he yeah. would be five eight. He would be five eight. So I mean, I I, I really I mean I'm, I I like Jarvis Landry. Don't get me wrong. I just I just think that's kind of an appropriate appropriate so spot. So just for him. just to help 
um, with with the conversation, the guys going directly ahead of him, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, are going directly in front of him, directly behind him, Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton. So now, like, all the guys ahead of him, I would 100% take Jarvis Landry ahead of him. Like, that's not even close. It's literally not even close. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I then would... behind him, there goes Tyler Lockett, the most undervalued guy in all of fantasy football. Because his touchdowns are going to regress. Meanwhile, he's become a superior route runner over these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't well, get the title. All right. So maybe maybe, maybe a, you know, a few slots ahead, <laughs> looking at the people that are going ahead of him. I would probably take him, you know. Beginning so, of the fifth round, end of the fourth round, type of type of thing. I so think he's. I think maybe. I, okay. Uh, to be fair, maybe I have him a little high here at thirty. I need to readjust. Um, and maybe he's closer to the back end of the third round. Um, and maybe it's because he's been in the league for a while too. People are just kind of going, oh, maybe he's a little bit older, but he's only twenty six. That's it. That's a huge value point there, where he can stay. It's not like he's going to get worse. Yeah, you he, know, for he's a while. not. He's not going to be twenty seven until like the end of November too. So it's it's. Isn't it funny how OBJ seems like a young receiver and Jarvis Landry seems like an old receiver and they were in the exact same class? Mm-hmm. Exact same class. It's it's crazy how it works like that. Yeah. It's you know same thing like Jordan Reed, right? Everything's Jordan Reed's super old. He's Garbo, and his ADP is probably crazy. He's probably he's probably, it's probably super. Low. He's probably something here we should talk about today. Meanwhile, Jordan Reed's only twenty eight. I know he's got a loosey goosey brain, but at the same time, when he's out there, he produces. He's got a loosey goosey like a, toe or something. He's too, the right? number one weapon in that Washington offense. He's the best, probably, offensive weapon in that Washington offense. And when he got hurt last year, he was tight end number eight overall when he did go down. And Jordan Reed could be had for in a dynasty startup for nothing. For nothing. For nothing. That's his injury history. That's why. But I'm all over it. You know what yeah. I mean, again, if you, have, if you have a safe backup, the Jordan Reed, like you can draft one of these guys early, like a Hawkinson, a Fant, sure. um, a Mark Andrews, and then you get Reed late and then rock out Reed you know, for the whole first half right. of the season. Until one of these young guys comes along. And then hopefully he puts together a whole – fantasy season because if he does you're talking about tight end number anywhere from six to eight you know overall and that's an extremely valuable asset to have for a 20 year old tight end mm-hmm. next Definitely. guy next guy coming in at 106 for his adp tight end 11 we have dallas goddard speaking of tight ends <sighs> see that's about right for me i really like dallas goddard i like him a ton too but it's just more of the where else could i it's we just mentioned we're in two tight end sets. I like Goddard a lot, but Ertz is only twenty eight. He's he's uh, Wentz's favorite target, mm-hmm. so it's not like we keep saying, "Oh, when they get rid of Ertz, Ertz is probably going to write out that whole contract, most likely." Uh, probably at least in the next two years. Right? Yeah, and then when they're ready to resign Goddard, they'll let Ertz walk and they'll resign Goddard. Kind of like they are. They're already talking about expanding his packages and stuff like that. That he's oh Goddard's yeah. Oh, I heard. I read they're running two tight end sets exclusively. Right. For I mean, he's a stud. He was our number one ranked tight end coming out before the draft. We love them. It's I like him a lot too. But again, I mean, for me to invest in for him to be my number one tight end, my dynasty team right now, like eleven is about right about right. I think that's 11. right about that's right about right, and and it's still a long term play because you you can't expect to use him week in and week out as the tight end one. He'll he'll flash. I He's bet your you. backup. Yeah, exactly. So for context, three the three tight ends ahead of him: Eric Ebron, T.J. Hawkinson, and Noah Fant are the three ahead of him. You got to but this Ebron. See again, take that ADP with the Ebron and sell. Sell, 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 yep. sell. Again, you people just forget about Jack Doyle. And Jack Doyle, when he's healthy, he plays. He outproduces 
Eric Ebron. And I Ebron mean, went over. He just went under the knife, right? What was it? Sports hernia or something? Was it? Is that what it was? I can't. I, I can't recall. I'll, I'll Google it real fast. But. And I'm not saying that you know Ebron's super young. He's in a great offense too. But I mean, if we're just I'd rather have to, Goddard. I'd rather have Goddard too yep. over that. I mean, I'd rather have Mark Andrews over Ebron long term. Probably. I know that's crazy. I like Mark Andrews a lot. Uh, I would like to have Chris Herndon over. Well, speaking him of Herndon, the three guys behind him are Hooper, Cook, and Herndon. Those are the three guys behind Goddard. Even Hooper, I would rather have over Ebron. Me too. Because I like I, Hooper a lot. Hooper's only twenty-four. Yep. He's super, again another guy who you feel like has been in the league forever. Yeah, super twenty-four young, years old. Gotten better every single year. Good offense. The number two option in that offense. Matt Ryan's very familiar with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Julio number one as their number one receiving option. Then you're talking about like out of the backfield, Edo Smith, Devonta Freeman. You have Calvin Ridley, Calvin their Murray. first round pick, who's a nice route runner too. But I mean, Hooper's their big weapon besides. He he was one of the most targeted guys in the red zone last year. I was going to say, I mean, they're obviously not throwing the ball to Julio in the end zone, so they got to throw to somebody. <laughs> yeah. So I like Hooper a lot too. I, I would take him above. The, but again, you're splitting hairs here when you're right there next to each other in ADP. It's just I'm all out on Ebron, and maybe he does stay where he is. But those touchdowns are going to regress. Definitely, when Dak Doyle come back. They add another weapon in Paris Campbell. To me, I'm taking that one big year for Ebron, and I'm not getting all giddy about it. I'm using it as an asset to sell. I'm finding somebody who needs a tight end, and I'm selling. And I'm trying to think of the best package I can get from that per, that team that wants Ebron. What's the most I can milk him for? Because mm-hmm. I like, I'm selling him to him sure. for sure. So Ebron, Ebron was he's recovering from groin surgery, which is sometimes actually is code for sports hernia. They kind of throw them, they kind of lump them together as the same thing sometimes, and they'll call it they'll they'll call it groin surgery, but then it comes How out do you later. Recover from that? You get a lot of massages. I think you get a lot of massages. <laughs> I'm gonna get groin surgery. Yeah, <laughs> right up my alley. <laughs> You're gonna get groin surgery at right up your alley. That yeah, seems like a weird place to get groin surgery. Right around the corner from the alley. <laughs> <laughs> Stinky alley. <laughs> All right, how many how many more we got time for? Uh, I don't know. Let's keep going. I'll keep it going. We're All right, at, we're at thirty seven minutes. Let's go to about forty ten more minutes, maybe. Okay, yeah, sure. try so to sneak in two. We maybe. got a nerd herd episode to do too. All right, here we go. Uh, at one forty three, running back fifty, Donta Foreman. Yeah. Dante. See. I am not – I again, he's a player that I am selling. And everybody thinks he's going to be the guy. And for me, like, I didn't really love Deontay Foreman coming out. Even when he was healthy before he tore his Achilles, he wasn't really, like, anything special-wise. Okay. Uh, he's coming off an Achilles tear. tear. Mm-hmm. Literally the worst possible injury almost you can get for a running back. <laughs> Takes away some of your explosiveness. Yep. And – People are just thinking because, like, Lamar Miller has been, like, just average is just going to be, like, disappear there. And it's going to be Dante Foreman's job in a great offense where this great offense is actually going to help Lamar Miller a little bit more. I don't think Deontay Foreman steals the starter running back job. Uh, if he comes back, he's an outlier at the Achilles tear position. And do any of us not believe that Houston's not going to be one of these teams that draft one of these awesome 2020 running backs. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, I, I, it's more, it's more likely in my, in my brain that they're just going to draft a guy next year. They're going to ride it out with Lamar Miller. They're going to, you know, plug in uh foreman and they'll probably, they'll probably have some side of sort of, yeah, some sort of committee going. And then next year they're just going to draft a guy that they know that they can have all three downs and be one of these guys. That's I mean, the 2020 class is going to change the yep. landscape of the NFL, uh, 
rosters at the running back position, but we got to see what teams are going to fit that position to fill those rosters. Because, right. yeah, there's 10 running backs we really like coming into 2020, right? Well, we need 10 teams to get them on their roster to be a valuable asset. To me, Houston fits that bill for like sure. a golden ticket, you know, for where they're going to be coming into year two. Because I think Kiki Kuti takes a huge step forward last year. And he, <laughs> again, talking about somebody that's undervalued, Kiki Kuti. Yeah, he, uh, he saw 28% share of the targets last year at the last five games and actually saw um, at least five targets per game. I mean, Will Fuller, psh, get out of here. You know what I mean? That offense is going to take a big step forward with Sean Watson. And they're going to be looking for that good, explosive running back to ease that pain. They're, they're going to take that guy. Deontay Foreman's not going to do enough coming off an Achilles t- tear to be the guy or show more. They're going to get out from Lamar Miller's contract. They're going to get out from – it's going to be them. It's going to be like, you know, if if um, nobody establishes themselves down there in Miami, Miami could be another spot where, where they end sure. up drafting San Francisco guy. could be a team that gets yeah, another who, running back. Who knows? I mean, Atlanta, you know. Um, with Foreman. Is, is, or with Freeman. They, they do that where they draft a guy and then – they split. They're the two duo. Right. The one year ago. Yeah, we're gonna get into it more. But there's yeah, there's gonna be teams are gonna move. Up. Buffalo is gonna be a oh, team definitely. that gets a guy. Yeah, sure. You know, but with this five, there's still other five teams. So to me, Houston fits that bill. So Deontay Foreman, even for this year, like I'm certainly not buying. See, for me, I am buying, and the reason is if you're you're looking at the end of the twelfth round, that would be if it was a twelve team league, he would be pick twelve ten. At this point in the draft, probably since round nine, there is no player that has a any sort of remote chance of being a legitimate starting running back for your team. I think he's an outlier in the sense of they didn't draft anyone this year. So it's just the Lamar Miller show as of right now. The pro football doc said he actually really likes how he's coming along. He's posting videos. He said he's been watching some of those. He likes what he sees. Um is it is it just as likely that he can't play again and he sucks and it's terrible? Yeah, there's definitely a shot at that. But if you want to tell me in the 12th round a guy that could actually potentially be a starter for me at some point, I'm willing to take that risk that late. So I'm willing to buy. I guess you do hit a point in every draft where you don't want anybody and it comes a lot quicker than you think it would. What running backs are by him? So here's the range that he's in. Directly before him, uh, we have... Ito Smith, Duke Duke Johnson, uh, directly behind him, Kalen Bellage, Carlos Hyde, Alexander Madison. Ugh. All right, I like both running backs are right ahead of him. Yeah. I like right ahead of him. Everybody behind him. Yeah. I, I don't take, want to have uh, yeah, so maybe Bellage yeah, as a flyer type. I of would guy. take Bellage over him personally. Okay. Um, just because he's healthy and he's big and fast. And yeah. Catches or he passes. He catches passes. I need Dante Foreman six foot two thirty five. <laughs> Um, our buy sell rating on him right now has about a sixty percent buy, uh, and then it gets a little like he's a hold. It looks like it's about you know twenty percent, and then the last ten ten percent either just cut or value sell. Um, yeah, so I guess for ADP rise, that's about right. But even then, like I'm hoping if I own him, I'm just like if I got in the twelfth round. To me, that looks like okay. I draft him in the twelfth round to start up, and then he does show me anything in season trade piece. Yeah. Boom! I just took a twelfth round pick, and I'm I just got a twenty twenty second for him. Sure, because at that point, yep. like I agree with that. That'd be an easy grab. Like if Deontay Foreman shows anything, people are like, oh, you'll give me for a twenty twenty second. Oh yeah, I'll give it to you for twenty twenty second. Because people are like, oh, he's the future. He's a starter. I just don't see that out of him. Sure, personally. I'm fine with that. Yeah. 
All right, let's let's sneak another one in. We we hit a, a low round running back. Let's let's move back up towards the top of the board here, and we're going to talk about another guy that's been pretty controversial uh, over the course of the past couple seasons. Uh, your boy Le'Veon Bell. Who? Le'Veon Bell. Who? I just sold him. I forget. Sure. I forget who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> it's what been a while since he played. Seventeenth uh, in his ADP, which would be running back eleven. Which I have him okay, so I might have him too low because I have him running back. I have my overall players nineteen, but he's not my running back eleven because I have all these receivers ahead of him here. Um, Matt, you go first on Levian. So I mean, I have him as my fourteenth ranked um, player. I do like him a lot. I mean, yeah, I had to go obviously go back to two thousand seventeen to pull the points per game, but at that time he was he was you know on a, on a points per game basis he was the running back two only behind Todd Gurley. And that's at twenty two point seven seven points a game. So I mean, this is another guy that you, you you just plug him in your lineup, and you're you're basically expecting twenty to twenty five points, which is really really rare. I mean, because he brings obviously the, all the pass catching you know prowess and all that to go along with all uh, you know he's he's an excellent running back. So I mean, at, at seventeen, I I feel like I feel like I'd probably take him even a little bit earlier than that, but so I, I feel I feel fine with it at seventeen. No running back has caught more footballs going like going into into twenty nineteen season. No no running back caught more footballs than Le'Veon Bell. He's an extremely talented pass catcher. That's why he held out because he felt he he wasn't just a running back. He was a overall football player, pass catcher. The only thing that makes me a little bit worried here is you know new system. Adam Gase. That's the only thing that makes me worry. Yeah, it is. And is Adam Gase. The problem, though, with that, though, that little bit of worry is there's no more window to wait it out. He's 27 years old. Right. So that window on him, I mean, he's got, again, hashtag two to three-year window. It's good. But three years from him, he's putting it at that dreaded age of 30. And he's going to a whole new ship, right? He's He's got a whole new uniform, whole new system, whole new scheme. Whole new media market. You know, I and I know that shouldn't come into play in fantasy football. Well, a guy like this, so. but with a guy like this, it almost has to. And and with that coach as well, like that, it could be a very toxic mix where he gets and and ends up just completely in the doghouse. I mean, could you see that? And Gay sort of came out and said, "I didn't. I wish we didn't sign him." I know there's a scenario in my brain that I've already seen where Le'Veon Bell is sitting on the sideline pouting and. And Elijah McGuire is running the ball. And Gase has no problem sending a more talented running back. We've seen it with Drake. <laughs> yep, sure. Drake again, Drake's one of the most undervalued players out there just because of what how Gase used him. A guy I remember I mentioned stats earlier where there he only got six starts and he had eight six games where he had less than eight carries and six games where he had less than three receptions and he still finishes running back fourteen on a year in PPR leagues. Talking about a great value, a guy like Kenyon Drake. And for me, Bell, there's yeah, there's a lot of worries. So again, for me, at nine, that's why I'm like 19 because like when does it get to the point where it's even worth that risk on a running back when during a startup? I'm still here. I'm looking. I can just grab one of the 2020 <clears throat> class. Let me grab somebody a little bit safer. So guys, like I have around him personally, because I have Stephon Diggs ahead of him. You know, mm-hmm. um, I do too. And guys, right behind him now. I'm thinking about it. Like, okay, I have Joe Mixon right behind him. I, I would probably I should probably have Joe Mixon ahead of him. I should just on age and opportunity. George Kittle. Like, if you're asking me right now, like, Rich, who you rather have? The young tight end that you have on your roster for the next nine years or Le'Veon Bell for, like, maybe two, three years? The the smart dynasty play should be here during startup-wise should be Kittle. And I'll take a running back later again, like those rookies sure. we talked about, or a pass catch running back, and just hold off knowing I'm going to take, 
you know, I'm going to set myself up with some good youth in the receiving area here. In this 2020 class, that's where I'm attacked. Because when you do a startup, you have to consider that, right? Mm-hmm. You have to consider what you can do next year. And if next year is a really strong running back class, you got to say, okay, I could probably grab a running back. Because, again, there's going to be some really good receivers, too, that are going to push these really good running backs back. Really good. The number 1-1 one, one is not going to be a running – it's going to be the most talented running back class we've seen in a long time. The 1-1 one, is going to be Jerry Judy. Probably will be. Who's a receiver out of Alabama. Yep. So – there you go. And he's not the only good receiver in the class. There's no, a lot of them. Regular, yeah, there's a lot of these guys. And the, the class has a decent amount of receivers, too. Yep. This 2020 class is going to be sick. So even if I draft a team that I think studly, right? Okay, at number 12, if I win this whole damn thing, which I plan on doing on my startup draft, then I can still get a guy that I could probably plug and play at the running back position. If we mentioned there's 10 running backs that we like, say seven, six or seven of those guys get to a spot where they can be starters – and you add these five really quality young receivers too, that's putting you right in position still at the back end of the first round to get that quality guy. So to me, again, looking here, he's he's middle of the second round at Le'Veon Bell. I'm not doing it. You know, I'm looking at youth receiving there because either I went running back high early or I'm just doubling up on, again, George Kittle uh, if he's there. You know, I got my stud, young stud receiver here and a guy like Mike Evans or Michael Thomas are coming back. I'm not investing in a startup draft in the second round, a 27, 28-year running back that has some question marks. Talented. We're not even saying it's not even really worth it from a talent-wise. Yeah. But we're talking ADP, which is average draft position in a startup. I'm not doing it. To me, it's just – that's my overall mindset that's hurting me because I would never do it personally to build my dynasty team, which I'm not, not saying he's worth it. I just think it's one of those things two years down the road, which is not that long in dynasty. You're like – that's huge. These first three picks in the first three rounds, they define your franchise for years to come. So the last thing I want to do is like right in the beginning of the dynasty team, looking at like I'm losing valuable assets early. Like, oh, shit, here I am two, three years into it. And like I already lost my number two overall pick. You know, my fourth round pick was a, a end up being a bust. So it's like I'm sitting my first round pick. And my, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. that's how I look at that mm-hmm. approach in startup draft. But, Matt, you like him there right around even a little bit higher, so you would take him there in a second. I would feel I'd feel good taking him there in the second. I, I would. I mean, you come away. You know, your first round pick is is late. Maybe you get a Juju Juju Smith Schuster or something like that, and you come back and get Le'Veon Bell. I think I'd be all right with that that combo for the next two or three years. Yeah, and it'd be see because then you also have another guy like I wonder where like David Johnson's going. You know what I mean? Like who's going to be very range. very similar into the the ability and age yeah. and situation. You know. Just, yeah. Both young offenses that are trying to like rebuild around young quarterbacks. So I'd be interested to see there and same thing. Like who can I come back and get behind him? Like if I maybe my approach, like what ran? Okay, I just want receiver, receiver. What running back's going to be there? But there is going to be guys like we mentioned those rookies: Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, guys like Carryon Johnson, Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle. Michelle. So there's youth there. That out of those guys though, who are you going to get twenty three points a game from? We don't. There's well, out of the three I, rookies, poten- we don't know. There's potential, sure. We don't know. Kerry sure. Johnson, we don't know. I think Sony Michelle can absolutely be well now with this because he doesn't pick catch 20, footballs. Twenty three right. points is a lot, man. But that's in Pittsburgh. It's not guaranteed. No, yeah, I get it. You know I mean, right? That's, they that's the they probably won't throw the ball. We just quite can't as much, assume so. that. Yeah, yeah, you know what no. I mean, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's had a hundred targets every single year of his life. 
in the NFL. Right. Like, are we just going to manually assume now in this new whole system he's going to get 100 targets just because he's done it before? He's no, done it, yeah, no. He's I, done it consistently? That was, you know, that's a good point. He, you know, it is going to be a different offense. That's why I don't they're, get They're not going to throw the ball That's why I don't get hanged much. up on statistics like that, these analytics like that. Like, well, he's done this historically. Like, every year is a new year. Like, you use that as a good base, and, like, that's good information. But, like, I expect some guys at a certain point to regress. I expect other guys to get better. Like, you know, Jarvis Landry, I think he can still get better. Same thing with Tyler Lockett. Like, that's why I'm all over him because I think he's going to even get better. You know, maybe those 10 touchdowns regress a little bit, but with his route make ability, number in one, areas. in receptions and in yards. Same reason why we all love Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. We all sit here love Mike Williams. We've been preaching him for months. He only had 66 targets. Or, you know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculous. It's disgusting. What will he do when he gets to that 90 to 100 mark? Yeah, so, like, what are we just going to judge? Oh, he's only got 66 targets. Why is he... No, like, we have to, we have to just look... Again, value our own opinion and base it off all the information and come to a conclusion. So, again, I love what Le'Veon Bell's done. You know what I mean? I love it. I loved what Dane Thomason done did his entire career, but they went to the Jets. Here we go. Same person. Went to the <laughs> Jets, and it's like, okay, well, time to take another look at this, you know, guy, and maybe it can get a little worse. And it did. It mm-hmm. got a little. It got a lot worse, not a little worse. Right. So, like, at I one point, for, I forgot that he even played there. Most people do. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, at every point, there's a person that's a stud that literally goes from stud to dud. You know what I mean? Just like that. And it's a, the running back position does it more than often than not. And at 27, he's cl- getting a lot closer to that dud range than he is stud range. And if this was Pittsburgh, it'd be no questions about it. Yep. Like, yeah, he'd be going even higher. But it's not. And we just mentioned all the scenarios to be a question mark about, about it. To me, those first two rounds – I am not taking question marks. Nope. I'm not. I'm with you. I'm trying to build a long-term dynasty franchise in my startup. That's what I'm doing here. If that's the case, if, some, if, it, if I'm a little bit worried about this, say Stephon Diggs is off the board, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to take Joe Mixon, or I don't want to take Julio or Antonio Brown here, then you're better off just trading back and picking up a 2021st. You know what I mean? And trading back until the late third or the fourth. And now you have two fourth rounders, and now we're talking about guys you're talking in there about, you know, you know, Marlon Max or Darius David guys. Montgomery's and Darius guys and, and the receivers, you're building youth where you're going to grab like the Debo Samuels and stuff like that. You have two fourth round picks. So you get two of those guys instead of Le'Veon Bell, but then you also picked up a 2021st, which is going to really set yourself up for the long time. So now you're looking at like, okay, maybe I'll build this to the future where maybe I won't, I'll try and compete this year and be the guy, but maybe I'll really set this up for two years down the road. You know, with those two fourth round picks, those fourth round picks, you look at the youth, and then you also acquire those 2021st. Yep. So that's just, again, my opinion. Yep. No, I'm with you. All right. So you guys ready to wrap this one up? Let's wrap, wrap it up. So that's the Dynasty uh, price check. We'll do a couple of these probably throughout the year. Pretty soon we won't even need UDLF for your ADP because we're going to have our OD ADP coming here <laughs> really soon. Um, we got a new tool launch in here within the next couple of weeks. Uh, you'll be able to actually get ADP on Dynasty Nerds. We'll have more information on that as it launches. But look out. Nerd Herd members, and actually, even if you're not a Nerd Herd member, this is a tool everybody can use. But there's also be a benefit for it for the Nerd Herd members exclusively. If you're not a Nerd Herd member, member, all you have to do is buy either myself, Garrett, or Matt one coffee a month. We get a coffee now, Matt. You see this? One of you guys, only one of or us. me. I mean, they're probably going to. But pick still, we me. never were even an option before. I know. We, I we get one now. You know, on I've up. been I've been talking to people, and I feel like I got to be a little bit more generous with my you know coffee. I love coffee. <laughs> Uh, but again, you know, like we say, for the price of one coffee a month, uh, you we'll come in your car, home, gym, wherever you want, and you'll get an extra podcast per month, and we'll sit down for an hour and talk to you, Dynasty Fantasy Football, for every week. 
for an extra hour for one coffee a month. And all you do is buy that coffee once. And on top of that, you get our exclusive rankings. We have IDP rankings. Our IDP rankings have offensive and defensive player listed overall. Uh, we have some really good, you know, Glosser, John Glosser, at Glosser, if you're not following him, um, really heads that department. Mike, uh, Dynastramadonis. I always get it wrong, too. <laughs> Dynastradamus. Is working on his as well. Um you know, we have our standard rankings, our PPR rankings, our super flex tight end premium rankings. You can sort it by ranker. So you see what where Matt has it. We were talking about ranks just now, where Rich has his rankings, Matt, Garrett, and the rest of our staff. You get to buy sell tool as a nerd her member, which again, it gives you a nice little pie chart and tells you what the whole staff thinks of a player. And these are all the things we're updating weekly. And this is even include about all the others. We're literally trying to build things every single day. Over the next 12 months, we'll be adding more and more to the site not only will it be added more things but to get prettier as well so either buy a yearly membership or just buy a coffee a month and you're getting all that extra dynasty content and content is key because the more information you have the better dynasty player you can be couldn't have said it better myself i, I have to say it every single episode i know you say it's, it just rolls right up your just, time i'm gonna have to it sounds just, so good if it gets redundant just join the nerd herd i won't ever talk about it when we get like ten thousand people to sign up then <laughs> they won't market as much um but in the meantime, for all you regular uh, subscribers, we'll see you next week. And for the Nerdger members, we'll be back here with the next episode uh, right after this one. Uh, so we'll see you soon. Arrivederci. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.